Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. This week on today's show, uh, Leinster Crown champions of the Guinness Pro 14. Uh, we will hear from Johnny Sexton, James Lowe and Stuart Lancaster from their post-match interviews. We'll be talking to Oren Sweeney, the captain of the Emerald uh, Warriors ahead of the Europe's biggest LGBT rugby festival in DCO, DCU next week. Um, we'll be talking all end of season stuff and our experience. A little bit of Game of Thrones to wrap up. We'll have some Twitter questions and your Guinness made of more player of the weekend, etc. We're in early today. It's Sunday morning. Uh, Trimby has a uh, Chris Henry's testimony. Test- testimonial game today. Yeah. This afternoon. Yeah. In Malone RFC. Yeah, that's right. So tell us more. Uh, so yeah, so this has been Chris Henry's testimonial year. He's doing a him and Tommy are going on a, a trek to Morocco. Which I was supposed to go on initially, and then uh, my wife uh, and I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on her. It's Pointing the fault. finger of blame. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Thank I knew, you. I knew this, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's exciting. Um, but then obviously we don't get to go to Morocco. Uh, so the lads are going to Morocco in a couple of weeks. Yeah, when is that? Yeah, it's a couple of week time. Yeah. Uh, so this this year, Chris has had a testimonial dinner at um, Belfast City Hall. Just good night. Um, uh, a lunch at a restaurant in Belfast again. It's all for um, chest, heart, and stroke. Obviously, Chris had those issues, but that one issue, that mm-hmm. one incident where he had that mini stroke um, the morning of the South Africa game. Yeah, and then managed to to make his way back and play professional rugby, and I think then got back playing for Ireland. I he think. Did. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, say he did. Yeah, let's say he did. Um, so. Um, Anyway, we were, sl- <laughs> we were slagging. Um, Gilroy came along to the lunch um, that we were we were talking about this, and uh, we were slagging Gilroy because Chris has a stroke and still gets back and plays international rugby. <laughs> Gilly, why do you never play any international rugby <laughs> without a stroke? <laughs> I still enjoy that. Um, but yeah, anyway, so today he's getting. Uh, Chris has done a great job organising all like a load of Ulster Pass players. BJ Botha, um, Butch Pointney, himself, Chris, Paul Marshall, Paul McKenzie, um, uh, Andy Ward, uh, Rob Irwin, a few old boys there, and they're he, the boys you need to be worried about. I keep seeing uh, BJ, BJ Botha's back living in Limerick now, and I met him the other day in, uh, in a restaurant, and he, he is in the shape of his life. Is he? Really? He's doing Ironman and stuff. No way. Yeah, he, and I was wondering, he's out to kill you today. Yeah. He really is like he's <laughs> he's looking fierce, <laughs> and uh, he's mental. So, he is a bit mental, yeah, isn't he? He's going to get stuck in. Best yeah. look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm nervous enough about it. Make sure I, you're on his team. Uh, Can I, you do I'm, that? I'm not sure if I get any say. Okay. So initially, I think it was going to be past Ulster players against like current like All Ireland League players or something. Yeah. Um, who will have a far higher standard than us? Yeah. You would have thought. <laughs> um, but then I think now Chris has decided he's going to mix it up, so it's just going to be all. Everybody. Class. Yeah. Um, I thought it'd be fun to pick teams. <laughs> Just like, you? Yeah, yeah. You take him <laughs> you, you. at the end. <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Yeah, and then um, the big announcement last week was, um, uh, what's his name? Mike. Uh, so there's a Belfast kind of um, 
persona, this, this comedian um, uh, who's created this, Mike McGoldrick, and it's North Down. So if you're not from Ulster, like you wouldn't get it. Wouldn't get it. But he's this kind of past player, talks about nights out, drinking getting grey goose and hooking up with birds. And he's this kind of really annoying stereotype from mm. that area in Belfast or near Belfast. And you would know it if you're up that way. But anyway, this guy plays in this and he's playing in character and he's opposite me, <laughs> oh, apparently. Brilliant. Yeah. He's gonna be. T- he's like a Russell Carroll Kelly of yeah. Belfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very similar actually. Yes, the D four kind of. He's gonna be giving you gif. Is that the word? Guff. Guff. Gif. Gifs. Gif. <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna be. Uh, he's a good lad. He'll be in good form. That's great. Yeah. I'd love to be there just heckling from the sideline. Yeah. I, don't you worry. There'll be a few hecklers. I'm you'll, you'll not be missed. I'm looking at this poster behind you, uh-huh. and I, I always remember, forgot what it reminded me of, and it just did. Um, I used to be in that terrace behind the goal for a lot of Irish matches. Yeah. And I think Percy Montgomery was, I gave him so much abuse <laughs> every single year. I think it was just because his name was Percy. Yeah. And we just defined Percy. <laughs> Percy. <laughs> you could just see a single tear rolling down his cheek uh, with his blonde flowing hair. Have you ever met him? <clears throat> no. Let's get him on the show. Yes. Yeah, I think we should. Um, I know you have a few people you'd like to yeah. start yeah. with for next season because this is the end of the season for us. Yeah. Which is kind of mental. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were to go for a few, okay. who would be the top of your list to get on the show next year? Uh, Lewis Capaldi. He's gas, isn't he? Yeah, he's gas. He's, <laughs> he's funny. He is a good crack. I thought it. He is a good crack. He, he <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> I saw him on Twitter the other day. He was saying, uh, Someone keeps pretending to be him on Tinder by sending uh, sending pictures of his dick, pretending to be him. No. And he's like, I assure you, I have never sent a picture of my dick to anyone. <laughs> I would never send a picture of my dick. It's too small. <laughs> I've never taken a picture of my dick. <coughs> Once, actually, I, I had hemorrhoids and I had to take a picture of my ass uh, to, to show the doctor and my dick got in the way when I was taking a picture of my ass. <laughs> so that's the only time I've ever taken a picture of my dick. <laughs> What a genius man, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what this guy was doing as well. Yeah. Maybe he had hemorrhoids and he was sending a picture of those and the dick just got in the way. Yeah. Who? The, the guy you're talking about. That's Lewis the, Capaldi I'm talking about. I thought you said someone was impersonating Lewis Capaldi. Yeah. We need to start this again. Have I misunderstood? Yeah, oh sorry. This is how... I thought then you were telling a personal um, story about how you got hemorrhoids in your no. ass. No. Oh, I thought that was your story. No, that's Lewis Capaldi <laughs> story. You kind of stuck yeah. in the accent so you can see which room Yeah, can we start in. again? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I thought you were telling that. I was like, I don't know why I then I, I did, went, I well, did, that's fine. I did stop doing the accent. Yeah, yeah. sorry, no. Oh, I've never had uh, never had hemorrhoids. Never had hemorrhoids that I've, that I've taken pictures of. <laughs> Keep it in. Um, go on, next. Right, um, Louis Capaldi, um, Peter Dinklage. Um, oh, yes. I think he's going to have, well, he'll probably be in demand actually, won't he? What with a big have, successful HBO series behind him? Could have blown over at that stage. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. and we'll get him on. Uh, Ralph Macchio. Is that the yeah Cobra Kai? Yeah. So Paul Unsound was telling us all about Cobra Kai, and I had a Ta- backstory. It's backstory. So it's it's kind of the follow-on, like thirty years later to Karate Kid. So it follows um, uh, Johnny and Danielson their kind of journeys. Danielson's this golden balls, all seeing, all dancing, uh, car salesman. After uh, what happened in the... After what happened. With the, the, the kick. The illegal kick. 
Was it? It was apparently they touched on that. Oh, yeah. So it just takes it. It like obviously in 1984, it was very obviously Daniel Son was the good guy. Johnny yeah. um, was the bad guy. But then it takes it more from Johnny's kind of um, perspective. Anyway, it's very good about how crap Johnny's life is. Because of that moment. Because of it, yeah. And everybody always says, hey, you got your ass kicked in 84. <laughs> <laughs> 30 years later. Yeah. I mean, That's such a great concept, man. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. I'm loving it anyway. So, Ralph Macchio. They don't make TV shows like the like that anymore where yeah. they're kind of, um, where this dramatic stuff happens where, like, someone will walk in and there'll be two people kissing, like, like Pat might walk in here and I'll be kissing you and Pat won't say say anything. He'll just peek in and then leave. But but you, if they could have just taken a moment... Ma, uh, yeah, Pat, just Pat, come in and say, listen, yeah. there's probably an explanation for this. Yeah. There's just a quick expl- explanation. No, you're gone. You're like, I'm out of here. It's no explanation. Just yeah. a worried look. And I'm like, he was kissing me. It wasn't me <laughs> kissing him. <laughs> Those moments don't happen yeah, on TV yeah. anymore. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody settle down. We can get to the bottom of this. Yeah. And then there'll not be any uh, misunderstandings. Yeah. Anyway... Cobra Kai is full of misunderstandings is it? and very poor fight scenes. It's, um, what did I say it was? This, this style of the fight scenes. Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Power Rangers fight scenes. But where Power Rangers weren't trying to be funny. Yeah, exactly, but yeah. But this, this is clearly trying to be funny. It's, it's a piss take. It's, it's very good. Okay. Anyway, so Ralph Macho. Ralph Macho. He, I've seen him on something before. He's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. Childish Gambino. Yeah. Uh, he is the voice of Simba in the new Lion King movie. Correct. Yeah. I can't wait for that to come I out. Because I was at on Saturday morning with uh, the wee ones. Correct. <laughs> that was such a Raj. Raj. <laughs> yeah. Does Raj ever do that too, Pat, when you interview him? Where he, he affirms something. Mm. Yes. Correct. And you're like, <gasps> wow. You're buzz, yeah. Got it correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Raj. Raj thinks I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so... Uh, I was at The Secret Life of Pets 2 on Saturday morning with my... Um, I saw the first one of that. It was so crap. Oh, stop. I loved it. <sighs> it is class. This is your favorite. And the second one's class as well. Soundtrack's brilliant. What was the other one you liked? That's um, stupid. The greatest show. The greatest show, man. Go away from me. No, you're wrong. So what? Is he a voice in that? No, he's not. But um, there was a trailer for The Lion King. And ah. it looks unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go and see that. Okay. Well, I'll probably have to see it with the kids. Yeah, I'll go as well. Anderson Pack. Yes. Yeah, so I wasn't really that. I wasn't a big fan until you kind of introduced me. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I've worn his T-shirt a few times on the show. Anderson Pack, rapper, drummer, extraordinaire. Yeah. Listen to him. Get him into your ears. He's yeah, he's, he's a big fan of the show. I listen yeah, to I'll get him on. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll, I'll touch base with him. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that is always that's similar to a Raj correct moment thank you Fiona hear Fiona yeah. giggling thank you Fiona yeah. for laughing at that um, Eleven from Stranger Things oh I love Stranger Things yeah when is that back it's very soon like next month a few weeks time anyway but that'll be difficult for us to um, have a discussion on it because it could be like <clears> the last season where it all dropped in one go oh it will 100% probably yeah so anyway, I don't know. I don't think I think Netflix need to look at that because I would prefer that to be drip fed. Yeah, I think every week I've gotten used to it now after Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's also bad for your mental health doing a full marathon one weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't frame enough time of my life, which I like that when that happens with a TV show or yeah. something where I'm like, yes, I remember that whole period in my life. Yeah, because it's such a brilliant show, man. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's for class. Great. Um, this is a strange one. Eleven is good. I prefer the little goofy guy with the with the braces. Yeah, any of them could come on. Yeah. Listen, none of these people are coming no. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is very weird. Just because we've talk, been talking about James Lowe quite a bit. Do you remember Zane Lowe, <laughs> the Kiwi guy, used to do MTV Select? Was it or oh, yeah. MTV? One of the early MTV yeah. Two. He's shows. still pretty big. I think he's on BBC now, isn't he? Oh right, if he's still mm. big, then it's not that to. weird. Yeah. Anyway, it's good though. yeah. I'd like to get him on. And Trump, obviously. Like of course. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, will you get in touch with Trump? Yeah, it's just, just if you, you guys are very, uh, yeah, I think we're all verified. We'll just <laughs> harass him, will we? On Twitter. Harass him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just get him just as he wakes up when he's vulnerable. Okay, have you anything else you'd like to discuss or we move on to talk Let's about move the on. champs? Yeah. Leinster crowned champions of the Guinness Pro 14 <coughs> with a pretty uh, huge performance that kind of Card a huge amount of heart and effort, to be fair to them, uh, to see off Glasgow Warriors um, and great for Irish rugby. Um, and, and I'm happy for that squad. Like a lot of talk before the game and after the game, I think from we'll have actually interviews. Pat, you were in the, the press conference, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was over there um, yesterday. Yeah, so got to speak into uh, Sexton and then James Lowe came out and. Uh, yeah, he was in great form. He's and then, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then Stuart Lancaster was out there as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to hear from all of <coughs> them. Yeah. They were talking, all of them, I think, emphasised the fact that they used 57 players this year and how important uh, they were in the winning of this competition. And go on, pick up your pen. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, that for me summed up the, the game for me, actually. It was a massive 1 to 23 effort and backroom staff, coaching staff effort from Leinster. Um, after you know what was, I think Johnny Sexton described it as the biggest disappointment in a lot of their lads' careers against Saracens a few weeks ago in an unbelievably tough game, and then to come out against the Munster, very physical Munster side, beat them, and still have enough in the tank uh, to put in that performance. Kind of was, uh, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I think um, I, I, it's probably one of the poor Glasgow performances that we've seen in the last like four or five games. Um, but it's no coincidence that like, Leinster kind of dictated that to them, I suppose, a little bit. Leinster defensively, they just they took a little bit of a dip against Saracens and since then, those last two games, their intensity's been through the roof. They've been just getting off the line, making reads, smashing boys, and they just kind of, towards the end, I know Glasgow got that try in around 75 minutes, but then the last five minutes was very similar to the last five minutes of Munster. They were in their own half. They weren't going anywhere. Mm. And it was just like, that's, it's more or less done. It's over here. Yeah, it's, I think the effort, it's, it almost seemed like, I think a few people have said this, where players were playing for World Cup positions mm. uh, as well as playing, obviously, to win, to win the, the championship. Like, the effort that they were putting in. And, like, for a sign, the sign of a good side <coughs> for me or a good squad is when every week you have a different bunch of players raise their hand and put in match-winning performances like Josh van der Fleer last weekend, Jack Conan last weekend. Um, I thought Healy was unbelievable yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Far, or Fardy last weekend, I meant to say. Um, James Ryan put in 28 tackles yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he rarely doesn't put in performance like that, but he was immense yesterday. Centres, I thought, were class. Centres were brilliant. Reese Ruddock had one of his best games. Yeah. And when you've got guys like that who... Know, every week you're seeing a different bunch. Now every player I thought one to fifteen and the and the bench that come on, put in an, at a match winning performance, just constantly 
constantly working hard and I think, as you said, it was one of the poor Glasgow performances, but that's the reason why. Yeah, yeah, I thought um, there was, there's just something about that, that Leinster side. They, even whenever there wasn't, there wasn't that much difference in terms of the performance level of the teams, but Leinster are a winning side. We've talked about this before. Whenever they're up against it and they have to get a win, they have to grind it out. They did that. And um, like that, that try they got, that ring roost got, kind of out of nothing, just to charge down. Mm -hmm. They put you under so much pressure and um, they just get wins. Like mm. um, It was pretty impressive, I thought. Mm. Let's have a listen to uh, post-match interviews there with Johnny Sexton and James Lowe. Yeah, we, we spoke. We, we, I suppose we knew early in the week that, that Shawnee was struggling a little bit and... Um, we wanted to make sure that you know he got his last contribution wasn't the Saris game, um, you know, because his last memory now will be lifting the trophy. There's not too many people that have lifted a trophy uh, by themselves in Leinster. I think maybe Leo and Issa are the only two, and um, the rest of the time we always lifted in twos. And uh, but it's fitting for him, and uh, we're going to miss him greatly. For me, like he's he's up there with some of the best players I've ever played with. Um, you know, as a forward, I'd say he's the best. No offence, Leo. Uh, but he, he had some, he had like a strings to his bow that, uh, you know, just some other forwards in the world didn't have in his, in his prime. And uh, as a leader and a player, we just, we're going to miss him. Um, but we'll, you know, obviously drive things from within and make sure that those younger guys that are coming through will, will live up to his standards. For live or for Sundays? Yeah, Johnny, um, just before half time, Jordan uh, Larmour smacked over uh, Van der Merwe, and you were in his face like this is a big moment for you. Like, uh, uh, a good You're thing. You're always coming at me and making people's faces. <laughs> but say, it wasn't good. his face, it was in Jordan's face. Yeah, no, it was a great tackle, yeah. That's what I'm saying, you were in Jordan's face. Like, yeah. Was a great tackle. So, like, Huge play, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was this something that really kind of summed up his performance. Yeah, he was huge. He came up with some big plays, but it's the, it's the learnings. You know, we conceded on that side of the pitch against Saris just before half time. And Jordan was saying himself that he, he could have maybe dealt with that uh, situation better if he had it back again. But we'd all do things differently in the Saris game if we could have it back again. And he learned his lessons and he came up with a huge play. And that's why I was so happy for him. And, uh, you know, it was a great tackle because DDH Van der Merve is a, a serious player, very strong, very elusive. And uh, he broke so many tackles and uh, Jordan made that one count. Yeah, it was an early a big moment, you know, we because we, we did a good kick in and we trapped them behind the trial and they nearly got away and we, we sort of made sure we chased up on, on, on that open side and uh, you know we went for a bowl play, we went for the scrum when they were still into fourteen um, and obviously halfway through that um, sort of period they got back to fifteen and we sort of we're stubborn to, to keep going. We thought that we, we could get in on the left the way they were set up defensively. Um, but we weren't uh, ruthless enough in that moment. But, uh, you know, in those conditions, eight points is still a good lead. And uh, we were able to sort of wear the game down for another 10 minutes in and around that area. So, uh, look, I'm very proud of the lads. Like Leo said, the way we bounced back after, you know, probably the lowest point of all our careers, really, in terms of losing the European Cup final. Yeah, um, I mean, it's 40-odd weeks, you know, of work, so uh, to come away with a medal is always always very good. And, uh, I mean, 57 players, I think, this year. So, 
the fact that I mean only 23 got to represent today it's not just about us it's not it's about the, all the boys who have who have put in the work uh, throughout the year and to come away with the medals I mean we couldn't be any more happier Johnny was saying there was a real determination after what happened in Newcastle as well you weren't leaving the season without a trophy yeah you know it's um I related it to like uh, to like Liverpool you know like they're such a good team if they don't win a trophy you know it's gonna uh, probably they'll, they'll see it as a bad season even though they're such a good team so um, you know we learnt a lot from Newcastle we probably uh, we probably got stuck in fourth gear uh, credit to Saris obviously for playing so well and putting us under enormous pressure but uh, we learned over these last two weeks and if we didn't perform today you know all that was all that was talk so the fact that we're able to close out and score points when we did uh, I mean it was awesome. It was part of that down to game management as well today because you, know, you spent a lot of time up in their 22 you denied them of the ball a yeah. lot as well. Yeah and that's what you have to do with Glasgow there's such an expansive rugby playing team um, I mean I played under under Renz their head coach for five years and I mean when they've got the ball they want to score and when they don't have the ball they're trying to get the ball back so uh, and then they've got some amazing athletes they've got a lot of young talent um, I mean Scotland's future is probably uh, pretty bright you were behind in the game for about a minute as it worked out. I mean, the quick response after their try was very important. Yeah, and I mean that's the I mean that's the nitty gritty of the game. Um, Gary Ringrose probably doesn't do all the fancy stuff, but what he does do, he's got huge impacts on the game, and he's got a huge future for such a young man. Um, they just brought a his school just brought a horse. It's called uh, something stupid, the fame. And uh, it won, so he's uh, he's just upgraded houses. Um, but man, he's uh, he's he's an awesome athlete. He's an awesome dude off the pitch. Uh, one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. And uh, I mean, it's that's the that's the nitty gritty that gets us over the line. How important was experience, James? Crocky, you've got some Sorry. accent, lad. <laughs> there you go. Um, second row myself. Um, how important was experience? You've got guys in your team that have won Grand Slams, that have won mm-hmm. under-team titles, your coach has been here and, and done it. Glasgow perhaps didn't have that same knowledge of how to manage an, an occasion in a, a big yeah. match like this. But I I mean, it's come through, I mean, everyone in this team has lost big finals as well, you know, so you got to you got to take a bit of pain to, to grow and, I mean, that team, they're young enough, they're going to be around for for years to come, you know, they're going to learn from this, and I hope that they do, because um, you know, we'll, we'll be ready for them again, come come the next season um, very young Hastings, we we're, were able to shut him down, Hogg, he, he didn't get too many big appearances, so um, no, it was, I mean they're a good side and we managed to uh, shut them down. James, uh, obviously it was a big move coming off this side of the world. What's it mean to you having met around your neck? Yeah, um, no, nah, it's cool, you know. Um, if you asked me, you know, three years ago, I'd be sitting here talking to you guys, trying to decipher uh, your, <laughs> your accents, but um, I, I would have I called you bluff. But, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome to come over here and learn. And, I mean, I've still got so much to give to the game, I feel. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time. and. I think where Leinster is at the moment, where there's only there's only room for improvement. Okay, that was uh, Johnny Sexton and James Lowe as entertaining as ever. Um, what a great fella! Um, a few of the bigger moments in the game. Um, obviously, 15 minutes in, uh, Federson scores well-deserved try for uh, for Glasgow, um, and that was kind of off the back of Glasgow putting a lot of pressure on, doing what they do well, finding space in behind Leinster. I think uh, Hastings had a chip to the corner and then it was just pure aggression and brute force in the pack. 
and um, and you know after that I was like shit this is this could be a tough day at the office they look like they're ready for it straight away from the kickoff I mean McGrath just you know putting massive pressure on was it Hog that or, or yeah it was Hog yeah and then like whatever about the one man charging you'd you'd assume that Ringrose would flake back to support his back three, but he not 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 only does he not do that, but he's he's ready for McGrath. Yeah. It just shows the uh, <clears throat> where their intent was and he dies in the ball and like what a turnaround. Yeah. Um seven five. That's hog with the the kind of the spiral that mm. we talked about. Obviously that's i don't think in terms of trajectory, whenever you're kicking the ball like that, it makes any difference. But I think just in time to get yourself set and then strike the ball, um, that probably could have been the difference between getting charged down and not. Um, and then obviously Luke McGrath works unbelievably hard. He was really good yesterday as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and he got nailed in the back by Fraser Brown <laughs> <laughs> for no good reason. No. That was such a yellow card. I can't believe Nigel fell for that one. Yeah. I, I, you, I know you thought he had the ball. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you can see in his face. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's an opportunity the ball. <laughs> to end this fella. Um, but Luke took that unbelievably well, didn't he? he did, didn't he? Yeah. He smoked in the back and he was grand. Yeah. Um, yeah, he hit him hard. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, it was a bit harsh. Yeah. Uh, not to get the yellow. Um, the other. Warriors got a yellow, did they? An actual yellow? No. No, they didn't. Uh, shit. Oh, sorry. That No, they didn't. No, I don't think they did. Um, I think they did, but carry on. Okay. Good I man, thought, I thought they did as well, but. Uh, Kearney's yellow yes, and not a red is causing a lot of uh, chat. Yeah, it just, I don't know, red or yellow. Um, it, it, I suppose it could have been either. <coughs> the unfair thing about it, I suppose, is that Hogg went off and didn't come back on and Kearney did. Mm. I suppose that's the only thing that seems a little bit unfair. Um, and he went off for an HIA, which indicates that he got there was an impact on his head mm. whenever Nigel said that he didn't land on his head he said he landed on his shoulder mm. is that correct? yeah Dave Rennie was saying after the game that he was uh, he had lo- like a loss of vision like a temporary loss of vision and he was puking like as well like oh, on the pitch so they said even before he made it to the sideline they'd made the decision to take him off so for all that then for all that to happen like in front to be so sparked and then for it to kick off with the players like it just looked like it was definitely going to be a, a red card like but it, Ni- Nigel would often he would be the one referee that Leinster would hope for there. Mm. Having said that, I thought Carney was shielded a little bit, and he was accelerating hard, and then he would have seen it late. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know who it was. Someone was kind of shepherding him back, so he saw it late. I can see that. I think that is enough of an excuse for it to be yellow. Well, the thing about this is, you're, you, I rarely would look at a player like Carney or anyone in that situation and put any blame on them mm. because it's as you said, they're looking at the ball. He's just trying to do a positive piece of play, but the letter of the law is that if you take something out in the air, that it's 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 dangerous and it's a red card. And if they're trying to stamp it out, then probably should have been, but... <clears throat> I know, yeah, I just always feel nerves. like... Um, I got taken out in the air once or twice, and whenever... Like, I'm thinking of two examples. One was against Saracens and one was against Argentina. And they were both just a, a big, stupid forward mm. clattering into me. And I always felt like that's so irresponsible because of the potential damage right. like yeah. if something serious happens if someone completely wrecks themselves and they've like lifelong in, you know what I mean like heaven forbid something really serious then then World Rugby will turn around and say right we need to do something about this 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And then why do we have to wait for that? I, I know I'm kind of balancing it up. I can see it's not like 100%. Carney is the one guy you want that won't do that. He'll be the one guy who'll get in the air and compete and do really well and often pluck the ball and get higher than whoever it is he's competing with. But I do think someone clatters someone in the air, it's flipping, like really, it could be really, yeah. really dangerous. You can so. actually, you can see like Sports File took some photos and you could see the, almost the surprise in Carney's face as well that, that that's the last thing he wanted to happen. Like you could just yeah, see his, yeah. like he's, like it's an accident as well for him. And uh, just going back on the earlier one, yeah, it was Kyle Stain got the yellow card. It was when right. Ringrose made that break up the left yeah. and then he was just slowing it down just to try mm. and buy his, made some time and he got sent to the sin bin, yeah. Mm. But yeah, it looked like it. Um, I actually saw Ty Furlong was doing Instagram stories on the flight back there, and he had a picture of Carney on the flight, and it was just uh, yellow or red question mark. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to the victors, the spoilers really <laughs> yeah. on the way back. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all fun and games whenever you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're a big crack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Glasgow, just to touch on, they did have a few flashes of brilliance. Um, and show what they can do, but Leinster, I think, just didn't flinch like they're. Um, Glasgow, obviously, the threat of that trail runner that Hastings runs so well, yeah. where he takes an overs line and he and he takes defenders with him, and he's got the option to go outside to tip on or out the back to someone. But then he's also got a great trail, like almost every time on his inside. And then if he does throw that out the back door pass, that that player, whatever it be, Stain or uh, Hog or someone, will have a trail on the inside. That's their go-to play, and it's been tearing teams apart. Ulster, for example, last weekend, but. Um, Leinster were all over that, obviously. And yeah, Leinster. Um, I think whenever you're doing that play, then you're reliant on a, a defender shooting and trying to get the guy coming out the back. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you shoot, obviously, then you create that dog leg. But Leinster just said, you know, we've done enough video analysis. We mm. know what you want us to do. And we're not going to do it. Yeah. Very simply, because it looked like it was Hastings quite often, and he, you could see, he just had too much time in the ball. To, and he must have known this isn't going to work. Let's just get another phase and yeah. see where that takes us, which is a shame from Glasgow's point of view. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll listen to Stuart Lancaster here, actually, because he touches on uh, their defence as well. Stuart, um, just wanted to start by saying, uh, I heard about the, the day after the Saracens defeat that a lot of the, the Leinster squad were back in themselves the day after. Like, you know, weren't you in until the Monday, but they came in the day after. Does that sum up this kind of bunch of lads? Yeah, no, they, they, uh, they're a very honest group and very hardworking and uh, they were very uh, disappointed to lose. We were all disappointed to lose the game, you know, having been in the position we were in, 10 up in particular. Uh, and, you know, very felt very bad that we'd let down the Leicester supporters who'd come all that way to support us. So, um, but we had a, a really uh, a good meeting on the Monday, and you know you talk about what 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 created the momentum to beat Munster and to get this win today. It was that Monday really for me to be able to take uh, the lessons that we learned from that defeat uh, and uh, turn them into a positive by the Tuesday to then defeat Munster, who are you know obviously big rivals uh, at the RDS. And then to come, you know, away from home in Glasgow's home city, and and to win, you know, a great testament to the character of the team, and but also the their ability to to learn and, and grow and improve. And what about um, someone like Reese Ruddock, who had a great game out there today? He's a guy who kind of really, you know, wouldn't be put out the front all the time, but is a guy who just kind of epitomises the Leinster side. Yeah, I mean, he back row is so competitive. I mean, it's you know, you've got uh, Josh back from injury. Shawnee obviously couldn't play today. Um, you know, Dan Levy's injury, 
Caelan Doris, Max Deegan, um, Scott Penny coming through. It's such a competitive position for Leinster. And uh, um, but Reese um, is not only a, a great player, he's a great leader and a great captain, and he's very um, very respected by all the players and all the staff as well. You know his ability to to turn up week in week out and to deliver top end performances. You know is a testament to his professionalism, his attitude, and his mindset really. Sure. How much have you enjoyed this coaching experience? Difficult perhaps departure from England a number of years ago. How has this changed you? Well, it's been a brilliant move. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you rewind the clock, you know, uh, it was uh, September 2016 and Leinster had just lost the Pro 14 final against Connor and won one game in Europe and, and, I, and I was at work. So uh, um, it, was a, it was a chance phone call, really. Leo ran me out the blue and uh, I came in uh, the week of the Glasgow game, actually. My first game was, was Glasgow away, which we lost. Totally yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, but I saw enough in, in that week to think this has been the right move. Um, I knew that um, there were a great group of players. I was impressed with their attitude from the, from the first minute. Uh, and you know, from a family point of view, it worked. I didn't need to move the family. I could commute from Leeds to Dublin relatively easily. And so one year became two years, and now three years. And uh, you know, I've signed for another two. So by the time you're finally uh, over now, I take it. No, 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 no. My, no, my kids are just going to university now, and uh, um, my wife's going to stay in Leeds, and I'll just keep doing the commute. Uh, so it's uh, uh, you've signed another two years, and, 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 and I'm happy to stay. So you take a, a Sean O'Brien or a Johnny Sexton or a Heasley players of this calibre and make them better as a coach. I think one of the things that Leinster do really well is that the, the coaching team never stands still really. So, you know, obviously disappointing to leave Gervin Dempsey, but then Felipe comes in, John Fogarty goes to Ireland, and we've got Robin McBride coming in, um, I came in. You know, so I think one thing about the, the players I've found over in Ireland is that they're very hungry to learn and get better. And they're open-minded. Uh, and I think part of one of the values that we want in the club is uh, humility. And part of being humble is the fact that you can learn from other people. So, you know, I was lucky in that I had 50-odd caps Trivia games of experience as an England coach. You learn a lot by playing uh, against the best teams in the world, uh, and you know uh, that combined with their open-mindedness helps uh, helps the team grow. I think. So you you guys won today, but did did you think that you were going to possibly not have a trophy this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> when you watch the game last week, how well Glasgow played against Ulster, you know, you're looking at the quality of that uh, that Ulster, uh, sorry, the Glasgow performance against Ulster. Very, very aware of the quality and coming into, obviously, the home city here. Um, but um, there's a lot of work we did on defence, if I'm being honest, during the week. Um, my main um, focus was that. Um, I'm just delighted we, we got there in the end, you know, full credit to Glasgow. I think they're a champion team and uh, a great coaching team. Uh, and a great group of players as well. You know, we've always had tough battles against them, and we were looking to come out on top this time. Uh, but they'll be back. They've got a tremendous squad, and uh, I still think they'll be there and thereabouts next year. Cheers, guys. guys. Cheers, cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats. All right, Stuart Lancaster there. Um, so yeah, interesting. He says, to be honest, we focused a huge amount on our defence. I think, like we said that last week, where the Saracens game, they weren't on their toes in defence. They were. They were kind of sitting back, letting Saracens come at them. Um, last weekend, they went after Munster like they were coming around the corner on their toes, bombing out a, out of three-point starts to, to get at, at the Munster attack. And then I thought at the weekend, they just hunted so well on the inside, off the ball, outside, inside, just cutting off those options for Hastings. Yeah. Um, Speaking of hunting on the inside, did you see the shot uh, that Ringrose put yeah. on um, uh, Van der Merwe? Yeah. 
absolutely nailed him. Nailed him. That was that was <coughs> one of the biggest moments of the game. Like yeah. they, they got a penalty from it, but um, if that was a try, that would have been, you know, two tries in quick succession. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Um, I thought his work rate was phenomenal, man. Just so physical, just throws yeah. himself around. Him and um, Henshaw worked together really mm. well. Yeah. There was that one towards the end of the scrum, I think it was. And they did a wee, Glasgow did a little play out the back and they just sandwiched whoever mm. it was. And you don't see too many successful choke tackles. Yeah. Not as common as they were a few years back, but yeah. they both just locked oh. on and it was never, like, it was never going anywhere. I thought, like, as much as, as uh, we praised Glasgow last week for the variety in their play, like you saw against Ulster, they were chipping over the, the finding spacing behind the, the front line. They were putting grubbers in, they were putting crossfield kicks in. Uh, we saw none of that yesterday. And I think that's where they dropped down massively for me. Whether the final got to them and they, they decided not to do it. And I thought it would be in the perfect conditions for it, being a wet, yeah. kind of drizzly day, um, to still try and play their style of rugby. It looked like they were running up like dead ends all yeah. day. As much as every once in a while they'd make a break, it was more often than not they were turning them over with knock-ons or and then Leinster were just booting the ball and using the uh, playing position rugby. So I think that's where, for me, that was the best part of Glasgow's game. Um, and when I was watching the games yesterday, like that, the Saracens-Gloucester game, the Northampton-Exeter game, then I watched Crusaders and the Blues as well yesterday. You're kind of looking at it with one eye in the World Cup and like Leinster, a good representation of how Ireland would play. Glasgow, good representation of how Scotland would play, and then in New Zealand and the English sides, you've kind of a good idea. And that interview we talked about with Raj last week, where he spoke himself and Scott Robertson spoke about the team. Do you remember we were talking about that? With yeah. The, the team the Crusaders yeah. have. That was really interesting. But he also said in that that Crusade that w he was asked what his uh, how, what way he thinks the game is going right now, and is there any kind of hacks he has. And he spoke about how England came out against Ireland and used that little kicks in behind and found grass and found space. So if there's 13 men up against you in the front of the field, there's got to be space somewhere. And uh, I thought that was interesting. He's so typical Raj where he's straight up and honest. Like I watched Crusaders yesterday. They kicked the ball 45 times or something like that in the game, uh -huh. which is 20 times more than the average or 25. And they were all little grubbers and little chips and crossfields wasn't any box kicking, there wasn't yeah. any long hoofing of the ball. They were all like really tactical, interesting yeah. ticks or kicks that were more often than not just causing mayhem. But when you're doing those little kicks, you are in control of the mayhem as opposed to letting, you know, just putting up a box kick where yeah. it becomes anyone's ball then at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you slow down the game so much to do it. And I just found that really interesting and I thought Saracens did that really well. And Glasgow have done it really well, but then they stopped doing it. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, this is a... Going into the World Cup, I think Ireland will have to add a string to their bow um, for me, and I think that that could be one of them. Yeah, uh, well... That was I, very long-winded, wasn't it? No, no, it was, <laughs> it was good stuff. I was, I, I was glued to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Um, Larmer put a couple of things up the edge yeah. that were quite successful. They were very broken field play things, but they yeah. were they were brilliant. Yeah. Well, if you're, I just know on a wet day, whenever you're back there, I know I've I've been in the backfield at times and I've gone, please don't kick this. Target even tremble. If, even <laughs> Target get him. Tremble. Even if you're exactly where you're supposed to be, perfectly in position, 
it's still a rugby ball and it can still go anywhere and it's still wet and you've still got then probably four or five lads all coming up together looking to smack you so it's 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 tricky for even the best in the business hog whenever he's back there it's still difficult um and yeah you're right often you'll get you might just get a line out um where you kick it through to whenever they kind of it's very unlikely that the opposition are going to collect it and nail it back perfectly and expose your your backfield exactly you know you're yeah cheers yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct <laughs> uh no i yeah exactly like if you if you i think and one interesting thing i've noticed that people would criticise Munster this year for kicking way too much. And you look mm. at the stats, I think Munster kicks something like 13 or 14 times against Leinster. And you watch Crusaders yesterday, they kick 40-odd times. But you look at the Crusaders game and you'd think they play this expansive game of rugby because they're just constantly putting chips through and kicks through that it looks, the game is so fast and it's constantly moving, whereas Munster, they'll play a lot of phases, but it'll be one-off phases and then they'll slow it down and kick so it's not how often they're kicking it's how they're kicking yeah and roger made a point that like munster was always built on it wasn't just you know when people were talking about the attack of munster he was saying well it's not just that they're not attacking very well it's that they're not kicking the way munster fans love the way munster kick it's applying pressure all the time finding grass allowing a big wall of red or to come up on top of them so yeah, it's it's part of the game. Like even I've noticed the All Blacks have stopped doing that. They've stopped even kicking a goal. Do you remember? Like they uh, they would stop taking three points. And I saw Mongo for Crusaders yesterday. Anytime there was an option of three points, he's putting the ball down and even from the halfway line, he's having a pop. And yeah. that importance of bringing it back a step. We all got a little bit carried away with ourselves, maybe, um, and not putting as much emphasis on kicking the ball yeah. as they have. I think. Well, the example of Raj, I think, is a good example because. Uh, Monster, I don't know if Monster are, are exactly this, kind of what, what you're describing, but I think a lot of teams, whenever the ball slows down, it's a shame, but sometimes you've got to take your beating and just put up a contestable and try and get the breaking ball and get quick ball again, I suppose, or get back into your shape. But that's way less effective than kicking on your terms and kicking going forward, and that was always the way O'Gara found, mm. um, found a, a foothold in the opposition 22. Hmm. He always find that right touchline whenever the ball's quick, and then you're maybe stretching them the edge, so they have to come up, and then he just finds space in behind. And he just puts that lovely, perfect little spiral. Yeah. They just the ball just turns in the air like that, and then just kicks right. Yeah. You're going, oh, Raj. Yeah. <laughs> there was a good few spirals yesterday as well. Sexton had a couple, and uh, was he spiraling in open play? Yeah, Hog spiraled a big, huge one to Sexton. And he spiraled one back to him. It was like, yeah, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a like a jewel with a glove <laughs> smacking each other. Um, it was a class. Love to see more spirals. Now, finally, on this game, um, I I spotted during the Healy try, which I think was classic Leinster. That's when they come into their mo- their that ability to just switch into. They all seem to be on the same page at the same time when they sniff a bit of blood. And every player touched the ball for Leinster within Healy's try from the first phase. Yeah. It was only 17 phases. And I was just, you know, sometimes you see a team and they could have the same carrier every third phase and that carry by the end, because he's working very hard, is just fucking bollocks by the end of it. Yeah. Whereas Leinster just said, who's next? Yeah. James Ryan, he'd make five errors. Who's next? Healy. Yeah. Then Henshaw's coming back at a hard line, then Ringrose is out the back. Then it was like relentless stuff. And that for me, kind of yeah. framed the whole thing so yeah. fair play to you lads champions we've given you enough no that's enough
Yeah. Enough about them. They're on the cr- oh, having the crack now, I'd say. On the piss. That's it, holiday time, isn't it? Yeah. World Cup to uh, World Cup squad to be announced. Yes. Any um any well, 45 man squad this week by Joe Smith to be announced. Any I think with a 45 man squad he's not gonna leave out anyone that you know, there's not gonna be any omissions that will Yeah, you'll cause probably a um anybody who write who's writing an article off the back of it will struggle for a headline, I would have thought. Mm. The squad of forty five you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody thought we'd get selected, got selected. There's a few non like uncapped, probably they're all the, always the ones with the asterisks. Yeah, you know, or, yeah, you know. yeah. Any uncapped players? I don't know if there will be. Maybe not. Blade and Farrell maybe. Yeah. They're like they've been in the squad, but they haven't been capped yet. Cool, yeah. Um yeah, trying to like Brief Rudder could have played oh, yeah. himself onto the onto the plane. He was great. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Is it um, ridiculous to think that I know we got a few complaints because we give um, Mike Laurie the what what was that category? Best breakthrough player. Of <laughs> Best the breakthrough, and then a few Ulster supporters were given off to Erica Sullivan. Wasn't yeah, it? I was Which thinking we should mention him. Fine criticism. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, he follows me on Instagram, whereas Mike Lowry doesn't. So oh. fuck. Yeah, he likes a lot of my stuff. He likes my poems. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Erica Sullivan. How many likes would you typically get? Typically get. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you normally get uh, your poems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of, any end of season stories? Um, <coughs> I think a few of the Ulster players are going to um, a, a rally in Europe somewhere. They've bought this um, car like for three, four hundred quid. Class. And they're doing this race apparently. Um, Al O'Connor, um, Andy Warwick, a couple of those ones, and Nick Timoney. I think those guys are all going. Try and get them on while they're while they're away. Yeah, yeah. Get them on the phone. Yeah, that's great. What a cool idea. Yeah, Pete's just going to like Ibiza or something like that. Yeah, isn't it? I think they're going to Ibiza as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chill out afterwards. Uh, this, yeah, see, Leinster lads obviously going to have the best crack this week. They're probably going three or four day bender. I'm jealous. Okay, we will move on. Um, here is an interview that I did earlier today with Oren Sweeney. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. The Union Cup is Europe's biggest LGBTI rugby tournament and festival, and I am joined today by Oren Sweeney, the captain of the Emerald Warriors, who are the host team, and Ireland being the host nation of the Union Cup for the first time ever this year, yeah. June 7th to June 9th, 9th yeah. in DCU. DCU, yeah. Okay, very exciting. How, tell me a little bit more about the Union Cup and how it ended up in Dublin. So the Union Cup, it uh, formed in 2005 um, in Montpellier, where there was around seven, I think, um, LGBT and inclusive rugby teams that came together um, for, to set up a tournament, an international tournament. So the, the Union Cup is a biannual uh, inclusive rugby tournament, which is held in different cities um, every two years. So we obviously travelled to Madrid in 2017. Um, we, we played quite well, we won a bronze medal, but we also won the bid at that time against other cities uh, to bring it to Dublin. So for the past two years, we've been working on the Union Cup to to bring it to Dublin to make it something much, much bigger. So whenever the Union Cup first started, it was around seven teams, but now you're looking at around 
45 plus teams that will be coming to Dublin. About 1,500 players will be playing as well. There's going to be a mix of um, male and female teams um, playing alongside each other. Um, so we'll have a male tournament and, and a female tournament as well, the female tournament for the very first time. So it's going to be an absolutely huge tournament and we're really pushing to make it the biggest Union Cup that, that there's ever been. Brilliant. Well, I love, like, when I think about it, I think of sevens tournaments and when you have sevens tournaments that combine male and female teams, mm -hmm. they always lend to having the most crack, like the yeah. Kinsale Sevens or the Bournemouth Sevens. And you've also spoken about, like, I've heard someone say that almost like a music festival as well, the yeah. crack that's going on at night. Yeah, so ov obviously the, the focus is rugby, but there's going to be a huge yeah. uh, family festival type feel to it. It is, it's going to be great. We've engaged our sponsors, our, our allies that we have, our, our main sponsors of Guinness, um, Vodafone and uh, Bank of Ireland, they're really putting together an amazing space where not just the LGBT community or the rugby community can come, it's for everybody to come and enjoy the Union Cup itself and, and, and see what it's all about. So we have, uh, we'll have minis playing in between games, we'll have uh, a family rave taking place during the day, mm. we will have face painting, we'll have so much going on during the day as well, alongside enjoying LGBT and inclusive rugby. Brilliant. And take me back to rugby in your life. When did, uh, when did you start playing rugby? What um, team? I, I, I actually started playing rugby whenever I first moved to Dublin. So I only moved to Dublin about two and a half years ago. Okay. So I, I actually never played rugby before in my life. My, my background is, is in GAA. So I would have played Gaelic football from a very young age and then moved to Dublin. Um, at that time, I was traveling home to play with my home club. Um, so I just, I wanted somewhere to, to get to meet new friends, um, obviously meet other gay people in a new city. Um, and I was kind of using it as something to keep me fit while traveling home to, to play um, Gaelic for my home team. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's transformed from there. So uh, <laughs> the first time actually playing rugby was with the Emerald Warriors. So that was kind of uh, a, a completely different experience. Obviously you have the, the background in fitness in GAA, but that was the first time that I ever played um, rugby before. In the rugby in culture, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. where would you have played then in those early days or where do you play now? Where, where are the most of your games throughout a season? Um, in terms of positioning on the no, pitch? No, no, as in where, who do you play against, what leagues are you in, okay. what competitions? Uh, so we um, play in the, in, the, in, the, in the Leinster Metro League. Okay. Um, so whenever I joined back two years ago, we only had one team. Um, but each year we're doing excellent recruitments um, year on year to bring new, new players on board. So we do two recruitments um, a year. And that brings in some amazing talent um, to our club, but also people that have never played rugby before. So now as we go forward, we have two teams um, competing in the Leinster Metro League in Division 11 and Division 9. Um, and our Division 9 team um, reached the, the league final this year. Um, so it's been a, a huge progress that the mm. club has made. and. We kind of want to keep going in that direction as well at the same time. Brilliant. And then, I suppose, what position do you play as you touched on that? Um, I play fullback at the minute. I play fullback, but anywhere as a, across as a footballer, as, I suppose. Yeah, a with the kicking. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anywhere really along the back line, I'm, I'm happy enough to play, but. Um, and placed them full back at the Okay, minute. and I presume this is going to be end to end rugby in the, in the, at the festival in a couple of weeks. It's, yeah. There's no 
up the ball, up the jumper, but rugby, it's like end-to-end stuff. Yeah, 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 it's just, yeah, non-stop. Carnival atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. And so on. Um, <laughs> It's interesting as well, there's four years since the referendum, um, mm-hmm. the, the marriage equality referendum. Um, so it's kind of a celebration for that as well. Yeah. Um, I found it's been brilliant looking back this week, at social media and memories and stuff, yeah. and a lot of people reposting um, those, their memories from that time. Um, such a brilliant time for Ireland as a nation to be kind of flying the flag for every other country in the world. Yeah. Um, for equality and how has that been for you this week? Does, have you been reliving a lot of happy memories? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's been huge because it was such a significant time um, in Ireland, Ireland taking such a, a huge step um, really to go out there. So for me, it's actually been a kind of a very reflective weekend because my, my uncle has got married and I was at his wedding um, this weekend, him and his partner. Um, so my first gay wedding, essentially, really? was my, yeah. my very first one. So it's so four years on and how potentially looking back in a few years ago, not seeing that happening, um, essentially. But um, yeah, it's been it's been huge. And, and, and even with the tournament itself, um, we we have the, the ladies tournament that's taken place. Um, Minister Sapone, Minister Catherine Sapone has been a huge support um, for it and for the ladies tournament, the ladies um, teams. And as part of that, we have named the cup um, for the winners of, of the tournament. It will be named after her, her late partner, um, Anne-Louise Gilligan. That's so as, as a nice yeah. memory Absolutely. for that. But we also want that to continue on with mm each Union Cup, so it's not just for Dublin, it will be, we're hoping that that will be oh, something wow. to continue through uh, the Union Cup as it progresses into different cities and countries as well. Okay, so the future of the Union Cup is, yeah, you'll, two years time, it's another big city, yeah. try and spread the word there, exactly, and if yeah. it's jumped from seven or eight teams at the start to 45 teams yeah. this time, I mean, it's just going to grow and grow. Yeah. And it's, it's the first time that the ladies tournament has taken place, we are the first time that the ladies will be um, will have a tournament um, at the Union Cup as well. So again, within the next, whoever will win the bid for Union Cup in 2021 will be announced in Dublin. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, we want obviously the ladies team to to keep going with that and build as the male teams have built um, yeah. over time. And the ladies teams, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, there's ra- Railway and... Is it uh, Black Rock. Black Rock so. um, we have... UL Bows, I think, are coming as well. well so it'll be... Serious standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were down, we watched Lindsay Peet and uh, Railway Union play against uh, UL Bow. So it'd be good to see that match uh, replayed Class. again. So I'm a, I'm a former Bows man. Well, I'm a Bows man, actually. <laughs> Sorry, former. not former. <laughs> Bows till I die. <laughs> uh, I coached the sev- the, goal, the girls' UL Bows sevens team to a... Uh, a tournament, a sevens tournament in Denmark about yeah. seven or eight years ago, um, and it was a male and female competition. It was my first time ever properly, I think, coaching or being involved in one. Yeah. I had nothing to do because they were the best team in the, <laughs> in the world. Yeah. They were just killing everyone. So, uh, but the crack was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. You know that when you when I heard about this, the Union Cup. That's the first thing I thought about, mm-hmm. um, and the standard was very high. Um, but just a family event and, and same as, you know, I think what tickets are this for 10 euro, 5 euro. Yeah, so... And all the proceeds go to belong to youth services, is that yeah, correct? exactly. Like, yeah. um, there's nothing but positivity 
Exactly, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it'll be a great event. It's not just a, a rugby event and it's not just for the rugby community. It's for everyone to come along. Um, our team is represented by around from, from 20, 25, 26 counties all over Ireland. So mm. all their family and all their friends will be coming along to join in and we're inviting uh, yourselves. We're, we're yeah. inviting everyone to, to come along and, and witness what inclusive rugby is about. Um, but it's and positivity it's, it's, and yeah. it's... It's up, but do you still want to go out and kill the opposition? Of course, of course, I want to win. Yeah, of course. It's not all rainbows. Not all rainbows and unicorns. We want to win. Yeah, we want to win rugby. Yeah, I hope so. And then on out for a few points again this afterwards to celebrate. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, look, Orin, thanks a million for coming on. It sounds like a very exciting event and a brilliant festival, and the very best with with the getting ready for it. And I hope you go out and you win. Yeah, for sure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Hi Doug speaking. I can't take your call at the moment. If you leave your name and number, I'll return your call shortly. Hi Dougie, this is Baz and Andrew here from Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby. Sorry we kept you late, uh, waiting, but if you would call us back here, we're waiting and the whole of Ireland is sitting here waiting for your call. We can't wait to talk to you, man. Bye-bye. Okay, it's time for our Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend. And your nominees were Pat? Yeah, we put up uh, four Leinster lads, unsurprisingly. So we had uh, Robbie Henshaw, Reese Ruddock, uh, Keen Healy, who won the official man of the match in the day, and then Gary Ringrose. And the winner is Gary Ringrose. 38% of the vote, so we just pipped Keen Healy to it. Oh, well done. Yeah, he'll be over the moon. He'll be so over the moon. He hasn't got one in a while, I'd say, if even. Yeah. He would rather have got the, the official man of the match. Nah, jeez, no. No? No, ah, no, this is way more. Massive, massive congratulations yeah. to Gary. Oh, we're making a big deal of this, are we? <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. Why haven't we done this all year? I don't know. It's always, um, well, we have never provided any. Next season, we're going to give prizes. Yeah, 100%. A date with your man from the Karate Kid. Yeah. May as well. He'd be, he'd be up for it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember back to, remember how excited Carty got when you told him that he was going to get a Boojum? And then you're like, maybe you have to buy it yourself. So. <laughs> Heartbroken. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, final one of the season, and we, we'll definitely get prizes. We'll definitely have prizes. For next season. Yeah. yeah, we're going to fix a lot of a lot of things that we've got wrong this season. Next yeah. season, yeah, it's going to be a lot of changes around here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just we're you still going to be not here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. except for us. Um, Pat, who have you any Twitter questions? Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag HOR. Was yeah. put out. Yeah, so that's it. Um, I, I was coming back from Belfast, so we're a little bit rushed today, but I've got all mm. the, the questions here in front of me and a couple of good ones. Uh, actually, here's a, just a funny one. It's not even a question. <clears> it just says, this is to you, Trimby. It says, on a scale of one to Ramsey Bolton, how bitter are you that Leinster won? Oh, uh, um, is Ramsey Bolton 10? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm probably only... He looks pretty bitter. He's ten out of ten bitter. No, you look pretty bitter here. You're no, no, I'm already. not. I'm, I'm, I'm. He's I'm, been puffing on his inhaler all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, looks, he looks a nervous wreck. I'm pretty indifferent. I'd say I'm probably a three or a four. Okay. I'm not bothered. Yeah. If they if they lost, I wouldn't have been pleased. Mm. But they okay, won, so I was kind of like, oh, nice oh, one. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Grand. Dead on. We um, had one just about. I'm trying to find out who um, said it. There's one about Sexton. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, just one. One of the guys that got onto us and said. Uh, what about Leinster not going for the extra three points when 
they had the scrum penalty right where the posts were when Glasgow were down to 14 men. So uh, scrum after scrum, and they had a penalty that Owens had given them, and why didn't they take those three points? Yeah, whenever there's yeah, a... Yeah, see, I think that's fair enough, because, like, hindsight, like, is so important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, like... So, what's his name? Who is this fella? <laughs> I'll find his name. So would he have tweeted, had Leinster scored? Would he have said, oh, I really think uh, my opinion was that you should have took the three points. These people never... Peter Horan. Peter Horan. Named and, and shamed. Peter Horan, the, the Glasgow centre that came off the bench. No, Horan. Yeah, anyway, still. Um, you two are a pair of hindsight heroes as well, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah I admit it. Yeah, but like, it's just so narrow-minded... I find. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> um, if Johnny, made, well, I'm assuming Johnny's the one that made that decision, being captain and kicker. Yeah. Um, and he made the decision based on the fact that Steam was in the bin. Mm-hmm. So obviously they've got like really decent attacking opportunities off the scrum <clears> if they could have got a decent scrum. But Glasgow took the time resetting it and then. You could argue, argue Glasgow kind of manipulated that a little bit and kind of made the most of that. But to me, if you look at that situation, scrum underneath the sticks, they've got one less man to attack against. I think it's fair enough. And Johnny thought it was fair enough as well. Yeah, it is. I just, I, I would be a fan of taking points there, um, personally. But Yeah, seven of them. <laughs> uh, three of them I would be a fan of taking kicks. You, you were saying there, Trimby, that you suspect that Sexton's read the Andre Agassi autobiography haven't you yeah that I don't know if he was talking about was he talking about this when he was mentioning that but he said oh yeah it was that yeah because he mm. said um, um, you don't have to win every single moment you just have to win more moments than Glasgow which I think is a little bit of a piece of advice that Andre Agassi was given early on in his career he felt like he had to always have this perfect performance probably based on his upbringing mm. and his dad giving him a hard time but someone said to him, listen, you don't have to have the perfect performance every time. You just have to That's win. late in his career. Or was it really? It was late. I'd say he struggled for so long with right. that, uh, trying to win every point. Okay. Trying to hit winners, I think, yeah. right? It wasn't until he started getting injured and stuff that he realised he had yeah. to, to play a little bit more um, percentages. It's, it's a pragmatic approach, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Great book. Yeah, it was probably a little bit pragmatic from Leinster to whenever... They were whenever they got the carny yellow card, yeah. just to pick and go, and they wasted that ten minutes mm. completely. So they're winners, and they kind of get the job done. Yeah, ah, but look, we need to talk about these things, Andrew. You know, we <laughs> 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 need to have opinions on them. Can't just throw us hindsight out there all the time. Ah, hindsight. There was um, there's another one. Then it was from uh, a monster fan called Hal Lewis. He just said it's a very good thing. He said that. Uh, he was as he was a Munster fan over there with Leinster fans. He was the one designated needed to go get the beers in during the game. Mm-hmm. So he said he went after around thirty minutes to go get the drinks, and he was gone for around thirty minutes of the game because it was such a long queue over there at Celtic Park. Like so, oh, I hope his mates appreciated it anyway. Oh. Um, bring a nagging with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and here's a nice uh, season-ending throwback to somebody JP. Remember, I think we were calling him or her earlier in the season and. We said it stood for something else. JP stood for something else. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, So JP's back, still following us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, he was just... I don't know if you guys heard it, but talking about the booing from the Glasgow fans. Did, did that come across on TV when you were watching it? Oh, for Sexton? Just throughout the game. But yeah, mainly for Sexton. They were on Sexton's case. 
Mm, it did. Yeah, you could hear that. Did, yeah, was it mainly for Sexton or what was it about? Yeah, they were like, just trying to get on top of him or what? Sexton was just taking very long for each of his kicks. Oh, and right. uh, so it would get to the final like 15, 20 seconds and then the fans would just lose patience and start booing and and then they were just on his case throughout it. And even BBC Radio Scotland said um, he's, he, he could get a role as a panto villain when he retires uh, because he's hated so much, they said as well, which I thought that was... Because I normally listen to... Uh, whenever I'm listening to Ulster commentary, it's always so kind of... I like think it's so biased when I'm listening to it up there. But it's great to hear Radio Scotland up there was so biased in favour of the home team as well. Yeah. It's great to see that wherever you travel, they're just kind of... It was all Glasgow and it was yeah. all anti-Leinster as well. Like, but, right. uh, but yeah, it was a bit strange. That, like, I don't know if you guys ever experienced that, this booing that, like, the, are Glasgow one of the worst... Do you set of fans for it. Do you remember uh, the tour we had of our, in Argentina in 2008? Was it or nine uh, or something? It was um, seven. Seven. And Before we, the World Cup. We were playing a game in Buenos Aires and we, we were coming in through the tunnel and there was it was a caged tunnel yeah. and there was all these kids on top of the tunnel spitting at us <laughs> as we were coming through and the atmosphere was like a football stadium yeah. in South America in yeah. Buenos Aires they were baying for blood and it was constant just noise and boos and jeers and I kind of enjoyed it yeah. I was like wow this is no we shat our pants and we were beaten like but. yeah beaten twice didn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah but um I loved that for some reason. Yeah, no, it was great buzz. Yeah. Um, something similar, the, uh, the tour in 2014 as well. Argentinian fans are, they're football fans, effectively, mm. and they go there to have a good time and make their, <laughs> <laughs> make their presence felt. <laughs> yeah, and to spit at the opposition. <laughs> so Johnny didn't get spat on, did he? No. He might, maybe somebody spat on him, but they probably missed <laughs> from the stands. Yeah, um, I'd say he enjoys it now, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think he can care. I don't think he cares. No, absolutely not. Um, that's, right. it. that's your Twitter questions. That's our Twitter questions. Thank you very much for sending them in all year. It's been thanks, great. JP. Thanks, JP. Um, right, it's uh, it's kind of co- it's the end of the season. It's over. What are we going to do without rugby? More importantly, what are we going to do about without Game of Thrones? We've had enough. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, What's next? Are we going to... Well, obviously we're going to have to keep following the rugby, but um, what are we going to replace Game of Thrones with? Uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. We are both having children. Uh-huh. Your, our wives are having children, yeah. so we'll probably just spend most of the time bitching about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you're having... I'm having a little girl. A little girl. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. In, um, inside the next couple of weeks. Unreal. Yeah. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm having a, my wife is having a boy and a girl. Uh-huh. Greedy. Twins, one of each. Rip Getting it off. away. Rip it off, throw it in the grass, done. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah, we're very excited and terrified at the same time. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. So will we maybe have a little crash here in front of us? Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> what we'll do is leave the kids with their mother. <laughs> leave the country? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, sure, going to the World Cup. And triple the number of episodes we record. <laughs> right, okay. Is this your advice? This is uh-huh. my first time stepping uh-huh. into fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. So going from uh, one kid to two kids is worse than going from none to one. Right. But going from none to two, I can imagine, Yeah, <laughs> will be bananas. Bananas. My brother has twins, so I've fully experienced kind of 
secondhand what he has gone through and yeah, it's terrifying. Oh, it was their birthdays there, wasn't it? Oh no. Yeah, I, I it was mean, the other day, yeah. 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 Um, so I thought he might be have a laugh at me like when I told him that we're having twins a few months ago. Yeah. He was so horrified. <laughs> he just walked out of the room, put his t-shirt over his head and came back in and was like, You're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. You wanna get out? You wanna you wanna get out of that bend, get a real job. Yeah. He's like, geez, and then Pat, it's Pat told Pat and Pat was like you have those moments at like four in the morning when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, oh, you don't recognize yourself and you're like, what's going on? So everyone's been so positive about it, you know, like really not. Yeah. Like, you, when you told me, you said, um, uh, Orla is expect, and I went, oh, and you went twins, and I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. You idiot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was her fault, it's not my fault. Yeah, the twins are in her family, are Double they? dropping. Uh, they're fraternal twins, which means they're not identical. So it's a boy and a girl. Non-identical twins are on the girl's side. Okay. So it means that she's double dropping yolks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I was blessing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Should be delighted with that. <laughs> Buzz, you're such a romantic. I know. Description. I know. That's how it happens. That was so man. sweet. Yeah. I hope those twins don't ever I'm listen an to this podcast. I'm an artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right above. <laughs> Double dropping the oaks. Blast. <laughs> I'm honest. Uh, right. So that's what you have to look forward to next season, lads, is us giving out about our children. Um, but look, we'll be back over the next few weeks with <coughs> plenty of little uh, bonus episodes. Um, then we'll take a few weeks off. And then the whole focus is on Japan and the World Cup, which is going to be so exciting. And uh, we're thrilled. Can you imagine how much boring rugby chat we're going to churn out next, next year? Because we won't uh, have enough energy to be uh, anyway innovative or creative <laughs> we're gonna be like uh it was and then stuff and, well it does and it doesn't yeah. and talking Hindsight. about the margins Margin. how fine the margins are <laughs> oh shut up we're gonna be like what's the best stadium you've ever played in yeah. that's gonna be the who's height the of our biggest, chat who's the biggest yeah. player yeah. yeah pat you need a stick to just hit us with every time we start talking like this right <laughs> Oh yeah, I'll be flying myself a tree as well. Like, oh yes, Pat. Yeah, Pat's been. It in. You, you know it all. <laughs> you, you're the the sign of it. What's so it like it going from two to three? <clears throat> that was actually the handiest. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard Pat. that. Any time after you just keep adding them, and it's like, yeah, yeah just diminishing returns. Just go in there. <laughs> just yeah, look after yeah. yourself. Yeah. 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 You look after him. You look after the two of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, look. Thank you to all the players. I suppose that have made this season so exciting and entertaining without them and the amount of energy and effort they put into it they get well paid but like <laughs> they don't do it for us no. fair play we've had a blast though haven't we we have had a blast yeah, yeah it's b- unbelievable it's gone so fast um, thank you to everyone who's listened and subscribed and commented and come to our live shows and Anything else you want to comment? You, no, you? I just thought you were... Oh, you said, I thought you were going into a poem. You were like, we've had a blast. It's gone so fast. Oh. And I was going... Oh, shit, I didn't think I was on tender hooks. Oh, sorry. I've got nothing. Instagram that later. He got a rash. That doesn't rhyme. Like blast and flask. You can make it rhyme, man. Okay. Yeah. I'll Instagram later. I'll do yeah. it. 
Uh, Pat, thank you so much for uh, being here for us all year and keeping us on our toes. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Fee. <laughs> thanks to Shane. Thanks to Anthony. Thanks to Dermot. Dermot. Ian. Uh, thanks to Ian, of course, and everyone else that has helped us along the way. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to Guinness, our sponsors, and of course, thank you to Joe for supplying this beautiful house of rugby. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby. Have a lovely summer. Party on. Party on. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually our song, but I can't remember what it is. It's not Beyonce. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.